Hi, this is Unsuitable with Mary B. Seyfried, the podcast where I interview single Christians about their lives and faith. Hey, thanks for showing up this week. Today's conversation features Sheila Enright. Sheila is a Chicago native who works as a writer and editor in New York. When not neglecting to return her library books, she can usually be found in the nearest thrift shop. Sheila and I talk about her faith, about humility, and how those play into how she views dating. I love how well Sheila articulates her perspective on these ideas and the role of prayer in her life. Enjoy! Hi, Sheila. Hi, Mary B. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. How are you? Good. Good. Glad to have you here on the Unsuitable uh, podcast on this frigid November day. Yeah, it's dark and cold. It is dark and cold. A little bit sad. um, Daylight savings happened like a week ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like after lunch, it's pitch black. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I should be going to bed now. Yeah. No, you still have nope. to work. <laughs> you have like four more hours of work. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, great. Not good. Um, so you've been in the city for four and a half years yep. now. It's really great. But you, um, so something you and I have in common is growing up going to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. You went because you're actually Catholic. Yes. I went because it's a great, it was a great education. Yeah. Um, so you went to Catholic school through, through college, college. no, uh, through college, through college. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Catholic college as well. Mm -hmm. How was that? It was good. I mean, it was, um, there are a lot of Catholic colleges that people probably don't know are Catholic, like Notre Dame. Well, people know Notre Dame is Catholic. (laughs) Um, I went to Villanova. Oh, gotcha. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like other, like DePaul, trying to think of all the Catholic colleges that I know. So there are, there are a lot of like mainstream Catholic okay. colleges. And there are a lot of small, random Catholic colleges. So, yeah. 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 It's great. I remember going to Catholic elementary school and was perpetually in a state of indignation over having to keep my knee socks up all the way. Because we had, like, jumpers with the little, like, shirt underneath. Mm-hmm. But we had knee socks that had to be, like, up all the time. Didn't wow. matter. And I grew up in North Carolina, so it didn't matter if I was, like, outside running around 90-degree heat like the knee socks had to be up wow. all the time. I will say I don't really wear that much plaid because I wore so much of it growing up. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Why is it all plaid? I don't know. It just like, seemed like a convenient fabric and they're like, we're going with this. Can't change our minds. Cannot. So, yeah. Absolutely. I just, yeah, that would be an interesting thing. If any of the listeners know or want to look into it, why are all of the Catholic school uniforms plaid? Yeah, I'm curious. The world needs to know. <laughs> there you go. Question I didn't even know I had. <laughs> That's what we're here for. There you go. Asking the important questions. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so like growing up you were in Catholic school, but you're also a practicing Catholic. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. what can you tell me a little bit about what that was like for you? Um, sure, yeah. It meant, I mean, it meant a lot of going to church on Sunday, which is pretty standard Christian practice. Mm-hmm. Um, saying the rosary after dinner, we would usually say the rosary, which mm-hmm. is, um, I'm sure people know what a rosary looks like, but it's a cross and then there are um, beads. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain what it actually looks like, and that's <laughs> that's hard. And then there are, hard. there are 10 beads for mm-hmm. five decades total, 10 beads per decade. Um, some people wear it as a necklace sometimes, but yeah, you use it as kind of a prayer. Yeah. A way to pray the Hail Mary um, and our Father and reflect on Jesus's life. So we we grew up kind of knowing a lot of 
nuns, which was great. They were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I have very positive memories of nuns, which yeah. I know a lot of people who went to Catholic school did not, but I was <laughs> I was lucky to, to have that. Yeah. Um, and then also volunteering on the weekends, things like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. That's interesting. I, um, for whatever reason, neither of the Catholic schools I went to had any nuns mm-hmm. as teachers. These were actually missionary nuns. Oh, okay. So for, America's actually a Catholic, uh, not a missionary destination for Catholics. Okay. Um, surprisingly. From um, other, from other parts from of other the world. Parts. So these, these nuns were from Kerala, uh, which is a province of, in India. Okay. Um, yeah. And they, they, they would, tell us how wonderful snow was when we would be grumbling about <laughs> snow in Chicago um, and how beautiful oh it gosh. was. And they, they fed us a lot of mashed potatoes because they were always worried that um, we would find their food too spicy. Which oh, we, I but see. I just remember them having just like a lot of mashed potatoes as like a side, uh-huh. in addition to all of like their fun Indian dishes that they, yeah. read, um, that they would cook because they were like, oh. These these white people can't handle our our spices, which in some cases we really couldn't. So it was it was yeah, good. But, so they um, were correct yes, in their yeah. assumption. But also, it, it gave me a great appreciation for Indian food, which was which was wonderful. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's really cool. Yeah, it was great. I'm sure that there's uh, that's something that I should probably think about more now. That it, but it's they were really wonderful, um, intelligent women, and they, they're still there too. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was a it was a really good experience growing yeah. up. So, yeah. yeah, so you um, came from a, a strong Catholic family. Yes, a as very well. a very big Catholic family, that, yeah. and that that is another way that I think uh, has shaped my faith because it, uh, not only my family is big, I have a lot of siblings, but my mom's family is big, so lots mm-hmm. of aunts and uncles and yeah. cousins, and yeah. and so a lot of um, experiences of faith that kind of engaged with our family. So, for example, for, on Christmas we we sing Happy Birthday to the baby Jesus and we have mm-hmm. a birthday cake and it's oh like gosh. a it's amazing. <laughs> um I think that my grandma was the one who who instituted that and yeah. it was like it's like yeah, this is exactly what we should be doing. We yeah. should be having a happy birthday. Happy like birthday. it's it's a birthday. It's what we got to be <laughs> celebrating. Not just opening gifts, but but actually realizing, oh, this is this is a great yeah, yeah. to recognize the significance. Yeah. Outside of the, you know, more cultural connotations right. well, of what then Christmas is. Also connect it back to our own birthdays and re- mm. remember kind of that, oh, there is something that Christ shared in, which was mm. a birth. Yeah. And like um, how kind of cool that was. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure that that there are many wonderful and amazing and encouraging yeah. things about about growing up. Um, Catholic and, and being Catholic mm-hmm. and um, growing up in a strong Catholic family mm-hmm. as well. Um, but could you talk a little bit about one of the challenges that maybe you faced um, in your faith? I found myself, well, growing up, I should say, my mom would always joke with us, you know, don't pray for humility or you're going to get it. Um, and there were many like stories that like we, we, we tell nowadays of like, oh, that was the time that you got humility, ha, 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 yeah. um, kind of thing. Um, so it, it was kind of, a, it was recognized that you kind of should pray for it because again, my mom would tell these stories of all the times that she had gotten humility when she had prayed for it. But uh-huh. also the joke was don't do it because you will 100% get it. And so yeah. that was just kind of my experience growing up with, with that specific um, idea of praying for something. Um, and as I grew up, I kind of got 
more and more scared of praying for humility because Mm -hmm. I got older and things became, there were some experiences that I recognized. I was like, oh my gosh, that prayer was answered. Oh no. Um, And I was just like, oh man, if I like actually pray for this, if I actually open myself up to like praying for humility, Mm -hmm. like not just like, okay, gosh, like, okay, God, give me humility or like, yeah, I want this. But, But like, if I actually like ask for it, like genuinely, not just as a like, well, I guess this is something I should pray for, but mm. like really made it a focus of my prayer life or of praying and thinking about um, and thinking about all the ways that I wasn't being humble, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I asked for that, I would get it and it would be probably devastating. Mm. Um, yeah. Can you talk about a specific time that that happened where you felt like I prayed for humility and this specific thing happened that made me more humble. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, it didn't make me more humble, but it was it was a humbling experience. And I think yeah. I think that that I I had a fundamental misunderstanding of kind of what humility was. I thought mm. that that basically I was going to be embarrassed and mm. it was going to be painful. So I there is this one I I had this huge crush on a guy from church. Mm-hmm. Um and this was a time that I, I was living away from my family. I was very lonely, and I kind of ran into him at Mass one time, and this was very close to the Easter, Easter, and he invited me over to his family's house for Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was excited. I was like, oh, this yeah, cute boy, whatever. And he was like, it was a bunch of friends. So it wasn't just like a bunch of, it was a bunch of people that kind of he knew in the city. Oh, and so gotcha. he, he invited me over, um, mm-hmm. and of course, I took that as like a sign of something um you know kind of just right you, you yeah boys don't ask girls to your house or maybe do I don't know but it's it's like sometimes you just overthink things and you right yeah it I, was kind of a con- some sort of confirmation you were hoping for yeah. oh, that this, he felt the exactly, same way that exactly. you did although how he would have known that I liked him I have no idea <laughs> but you know it's just you can read my mind right exactly. and that's why you asked me to your house for, for Easter <laughs> And so um, I had re- I texted him and said, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm coming. It'll be great. And then I got to where I was supposed to be, like the meeting point, because there was a car to like take us to the house, which was in the suburbs and we were in the city. Mm-hmm. And I texted him and I was like, oh, hi, I'm like, I'm here. And he's like, oh, we left. <laughs> and I was standing what? there on the side of the road, like holding an Easter lily that I was like going to give to his oh. parents. And I was like... Oh, and it was just so, it was, it shouldn't have been as painful as it was, but it was very painful. There was like, it was just, I think in part because I was like, I'm not home. I'm, Mm. and like, I kind of took that leap and this is what I, and I was like, it's it's Easter. Like, Jesus, it's Easter. And you, this is humility. This is like the, the ultimate humility smackdown in the, in the, not even humility. It was like. I'm embarrassed. Hmm. Um, and, like, no one needs to know that I'm embarrassed, but, like, I was, like, I feel just, I guess I realized that I, the reality, I hadn't accepted reality. It was all in my head. Mm-hmm. It wasn't real. Hmm. And then I had wanted something that wasn't real. Um, and then I kind of made up this this very romantic story in my head about this boy asking me to Easter brunch and which which he was just being a nice person and right. and inviting me. Right. Um and 
But I was like, oh, this is an affront to to who I am. Like, how mm. dare he forget me? <laughs> Leave me behind. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that, but yeah, so that was that was a hard experience. And then I like I eventually just kind of stopped praying for humility. because so I was like, well, this is just going to be terrible. Like, Because you had this association of what it was. Yeah, it was exactly. Like this kind of devastating experience. Yeah, right. Where you would feel like embarrassed. Yeah. Well, I'm mortified. I think was yeah. more, I, it was just like an intense mortification of like, oh my gosh, I was so wrong. Um, yeah. And so I, I really stopped praying for humility. I became afraid of the word humble. Like even mm. when like Kendrick Lamar had a song yes. called Humble. And I was like, I don't want to hear that song. I don't want to like, and any, because every single, every single time I heard the word humble, I was like, I should be praying for that. Hmm. And I didn't want to because hmm. um, I was like, this is going to be, it's going to be terrible. Hmm. And I, before when I was praying for it, it would just be random. And again, it would be like kind of a begrudging, I guess, like, oh, I guess make me humble. But like yeah. never really opening myself up to it. Um, hmm. So, yeah. And, and just eventually it became so, I just became so afraid of it that like I was literally in church one day waiting for a confession. Someone was like leading a reflection on humility. And I was like, mm. oh my gosh, I have to get out of here. I can't be here. Like yeah. this is, this is, it was, it was terrifying. And then I was like, Sheila, why are you so afraid of mm. this? Like, like I didn't think, I don't think of myself as a fearful person. Um, I think of myself as like a courageous and daring and heroine, you know, um, all these things. But I was like, why are you so afraid of this? Um, what do you think is going to happen? When, if you get this, um, or I wasn't really thinking about that. I just was like, God will want to punish me. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I was convinced of. Punish you for not praying for it consistently or punish you in the sense of like, you're, you just still had that association of humiliation. I still had this, the association of humiliation. Not okay. that, that, that like, if, if I asked for it, I would be given it. Okay. Um, and it would be human, like just devastating, probably. Yeah. Um, and so I went to confession, and I didn't really think of this as a sin, although, like, reflecting on it, there was like a lot of pride involved. And of, mm-hmm. but I just went to took it to the priest, and I was like, "Listen, here are all my like regular sins, whatever. But then here's like this one thing that I'm like really struggling with, which mm-hmm. is like, I don't. I'm afraid." of praying for humility. And I'm, I'm actually, like, terrified of it. Um, and the priest said something, like, just had a profound reaction to that that I mm-hmm. was really surprised by. I think um, my experience of confession is usually, uh, it's not that unusual to just go in, say, your sins— um, say the act of contrition, act, ask for absolution, which the priest gives, and then gives you your penance, which is usually like three Hail Marys. And yeah. so, um, um, just for people who might not be familiar, can you um, kind of define act of contrition? Um, I can say it's it. A, it's, it's pretty short. It's a prayer. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, um, oh my God, I'm hardly sorry for having offended thee and choosing to do wrong and failing to do good. I have sinned against you, whom I should love above all things. I firmly intend with your help to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Our Savior Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. In his name, my God, have mercy. Okay. Amen. Yeah. Um, pretty short, pretty simple. Um, 
but yeah, recognizing kind of the ways that you, what you've done and what you haven't done and have failed in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, mm-hmm. And so the priest responded kind of to my saying, I'm really afraid to pray for this. And he said, well, what do you think is going to happen? Hmm. I'm going to get it. <laughs> and I don't want it. And he said, well, like, you're afraid of trusting in God. Like, that's what you're really afraid of. You're not afraid of humility. You're afraid to trust in God because you don't want to relinquish control hmm. of your life of to God. You you think that you are in control and that, that therefore, like, you can, like, if you just— don't pray for this. Somehow you can have control over, like, the things that happen to you in your life. Hmm. And he's like, do you think you have control over the things that happen to you in your life? And I was like, no. Um, <laughs> actually, now that I think about this, this is crazy. Um, and it, it just, it was really a profound realization of, like, someone explaining a fear to me that I had just never really grasped as to, like, why hmm. this was, like, so terrifying. And he's like, well— okay, do you, do you trust in God? And I said, I think so. And he said, <laughs> I, I thought I did, and now I'm, I'm questioning that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, do you think God loves you? And I said, yes. Okay. And he's like, okay, so do you think he's going to do anything for you that's going to be bad for you? I said, no. Um, and so it just kind of became this like, like gradual pulling out of the realization of like God loved me, mm-hmm. and also that I needed to put my trust in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really, yeah, a profound hmm. realization, if that makes, yeah. And it was, um, yeah, and so I, I started praying for humility. There's actually this this litany of humility mm-hmm. um, that when you read it at first, it kind of sounds weird because you're, you're, you're praying for things like, um, like that others might be loved more than I. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jesus grant me the grace to desire that mm-hmm. and then when you think about it then you're like well no I don't want other people to be loved more than me I want to be the most level person in the world but the reality is um, I realized when I started praying for things like that when I saw that at work in the world when I saw that you know the reality that sometimes people are loved more than I am which mm-hmm. is great Um that it, it was an answer to a prayer, not a reflection on me, hmm. if that makes sense. It was a, um, yeah, so it, it, the, the, the weird thing about praying for humility, praying for, you know, um, yeah, from the fear of being humiliated is one of the things, like, hmm. deliver me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh. I can be humiliated. That's fine. I can, I can you know, be standing outside on a sidewalk with, with an Easter lily and it's like, <laughs> Okay, that that can happen, but if I'm not afraid of that, and if I recognize that in that moment, this is not the end of the world, and this is not a reflection on my inner worth as a human being, and that that you know sometimes mistakes happen, and like these things happen, and like the number of times that I've not really done that specifically to someone, but have probably made someone feel bad or embarrassed yeah. or humiliated, um, and that it kind of just brings you back into the reality that like God mm. does love you and mm-hmm. cares for you. And if you trust in him and kind of relinquish that fear, yeah. um, the world just becomes a much freer place, mm. if that makes sense. Um, because not everything becomes a reflection on 
you mm-hmm. as a person, but rather like a reflection of God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if any of this makes sense, but it makes a lot of sense in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, for me, it's even like, I don't know, praying for things like, God, you know, what is, I don't know, your will for my life or, or whatever, mm-hmm. like something big like that. Um, I find myself reluctant, uh, kind of like you, to, to pray earnestly for those mm-hmm. things, things that are good, um, because I know that God's not going to play by my rules. Yeah. Um, I know that God is not going to, <laughs> God's not going to necessarily um, give me what I think I want, mm-hmm. um, but rather what what I need, um, or even that like some prayers are not going to be answered, or they'll be answered in the, a way we don't expect. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for, for me, it's absolutely a control thing mm-hmm. <laughs> of where I'm like. God, I know that you're probably good and trustworthy, <laughs> but also I would like for you to just do exactly what I want yeah. all the time, please. Here, here's what I want. Please <laughs> give it to me. Right. Well, and then the the way that I kind of try and combat that that tendency within myself mm-hmm. is just let me want what you want. Also, mm-hmm. like please help me desire the things that you want for me because yeah. that's that's a really that's it's hard if you mm-hmm. like if you're like oh I know what the good thing is to do but I don't feel any desire to do it yeah um, or I'm don't want to relinquish that control that mm-hmm. I have uh, it's scary and so that that's kind of the way that I try and work work on that I, I'm not saying do that but to just try and work on that so yeah right because it's a process yeah absolutely yeah um, so I'm interested in hearing. A little bit more about the role of uh, of more repetitive prayer versus mm-hmm. extemporaneous prayer, um, and how the how praying a, a written prayer or a prayer that um, like the Hail Mary, like the um, Litany of Humility, mm-hmm. um, how does that kind of shape you? How does that affect? How you relate to God, if yeah. that is no, that, that makes, makes yeah, sense. Absolutely, as absolutely. opposed to just like I don't know. For me, a lot of times it's just stream of consciousness, right. whatever pops into my head. Um, even though I grew up Episcopalian, and there is like a very set liturgy. Yeah. Um, what is the power for you of repeating these words? Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna answer a different. You didn't answer ask this question, but I'm gonna say something because you started with such a beautiful prayer. And the the thing that I love about being friends with people who are not Catholic, who are Christian, um, it's the spontaneity of prayer mm. becomes like a conversation, and it is beautiful. And for some reason, it's always surprising to me, which shouldn't it shouldn't be. Um, but sometimes I I do realize as a Catholic, I forget that like you can just and I do. I mean, I do this myself, but. I think communally we don't really do mm-hmm. communal prayer. Um, and it sometimes is so lovely to just hear someone pray extemporaneously and you're like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. wait a minute. You remind yourself that you can do this with yeah. other people and that that is really, really great and beautiful. Um, as for the rosary um, and things like the litany of humility, I think it's, it's for me, 
there is a tendency, I think a lot of people have in their prayer life, which is to get distracted when you're praying. Um, oh, yeah. And you, like I zone off, I start thinking about something else. And so sometimes having someone else's words, um, words that I know are thought out that are kind of in the tradition. Um, mm. The rosary, for example, we believe was given to Mary, um, uh, given by Mary to St. Simon Stock, which was, a, so it's a way of praying um, and being contemplative and thinking about the um, the mysteries kind of of, mm. of our Lord, um, of Jesus and his life, um, while kind of also keeping you on the path of like thinking it, if that makes sense, or mm-hmm. saying it out loud. Um, so, the, so the repetition. There's there's some surprising things in repetition. Sometimes you get you surprise yourself in hearing things that you'd never heard before, which mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous, if you, especially if you've said something so often that you're yeah. like, how did I not hear this? But um, I was talking with a friend recently, and we were talking about the Hail Mary, and um, one of the things you pray for is um, uh, now I'm trying to think of. I'm just going to say it because I'm going to forget. A Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners. This is what it is. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had said, you know, someone was say, telling me, like, we pray for this all the time. Like, mm-hmm. pray for me now and at the hour of our death. Like, mm-hmm. the two most important moments kind of in our life. Right. Um, and everything else kind of fades away. So when we really think about what we're praying for is mm. the present and kind of the very ultimate last thing, yeah. Um, kind of the, the last moment on earth, if that makes sense. So mm. it was something that I'd never heard before like th- or thought about, and yet I'd said this prayer for my whole life. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things pulling it out of you. But I think that, yeah, so saying— Things like the rosary, saying things like the litany of humility, um, it's just a way of, it's kind of like the way I, I my warm up, I guess, mm-hmm. before I get on to, to other things, like things that are a little bit more, kind of more of a conversation. It's, it's like mm-hmm. the the hellos, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way, or the, the, the informal, I mean, it's not really informal chit chat, because sometimes it's very serious, but um, it is a good thing to rely on when you... I found it a good thing to rely on when I am struggling to pray. Mm. Um, yeah. And to like build the habit of prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really good because it, for me, it, I get so easily distracted that I can set out to pray and then five minutes, five seconds really. If, yeah. I'm, if I'm being realistic, five seconds later, I'm thinking about something completely different. Yeah. Um, and so having something that's set out kind of brings you back to it. Mm. Um yeah, I've um growing up in the Episcopal Church, there was uh like a whole liturgy that we followed every Sunday. Um and you know, there's a book of common prayer and there's mm-hmm. just like tons of pr- prayers for literally yeah. <laughs> everything in it. Yeah. Um and it was interesting, you know, growing up saying the words, I had them all like memorized. Mm-hmm. It was just like I didn't even have to think about it. They would just come out of my mouth. Right. It was muscle memory. Um but having gone college and gone to a, a like a non-denominational church um, and then coming back to visit my home church I found myself hearing the words differently mm-hmm. or 
or I guess actually hearing them. And then there's yeah. part of that. It's a difference between like being a child and, and growing right. more into adulthood. Um, but it's really interesting how for me, like the repetition, there's something that I find connects you with the people who have prayed these prayers yeah. before you, you know, the oh, communion absolutely. of saints as yeah. it's called, um, the like churchy term, um, <laughs> the, yeah. the communion of saints, it's just all the people who have come before you and all the people who will come yeah. after you, um, who will be praying and who have prayed these same prayers have mm-hmm. said these same words. There's just such a, it, it connects you to the broadness right. of, faith not just you know broadness in the in a geographic sense but broadness over time mm-hmm. um that i think is really powerful and um something that i i kind of miss now well, that i'm not going to right. a church that follows the same kind of um, yeah. practices well and i think the beautiful things about prayers and prayers like this that i i've shared like the litany of humility with my christian friends and they're like oh wow this is beautiful this is like poetry and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. um and so I think that the if there's one thing I would say for Christians is that we should be looking at each other's prayers mm-hmm. and reading each other's prayers and kind of like looking at the way we pray. Um, yeah. And and going back to your point about kind of being connected with history, I mentioned my grandmother, Rosemary, mm-hmm. um, who, who actually recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but had a very strong devotion to saying the rosary and said it said it frequently. And mm-hmm. that was kind of one of the things that was commented on um, at her funeral. And so when I say the rosary, it reminds me not just of God, but also of her and like the mm-hmm. way that she lived her faith. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so it's, it's a unique way in which prayer can bring you closer to people yeah. who are no longer here. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about about establishing this kind of ritual and and practice um, in a kind of a culture and a time where focus is so difficult, mm-hmm. and we seem to be losing focus very quickly, um, just from a cultural level. And the idea of novelty and entertainment are so highly prized that you know this is these kinds of practices are a way to like root our soul in something that is more substantial mm-hmm. um, than like just the next big thing or the next hot take or the next whatever. Right. Um, these are things that have stood the test of time. These are things that have been there um, and, and that will have been continue passed down. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, through the generations, which I think is really beautiful that yeah. like that you're part of a faith. Mm-hmm. That has a history, which I, you, I mean, we go to church, we see the actual church, but then we forget that we weren't the ones that built it. Um, right. And so there's something, there is something so beautiful about remembering the history, all of the souls mm-hmm. that have come before. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to shift gears a little bit, you, um, in our discussion of, of humility um, specifically, uh, you talked about this specific instance with this boy that you mm-hmm. were like very, <laughs> very into, um, and how devastating oh, it was. It but now it's devastating. It's, it's really embarrassing. Listen, that story. we've all uh. been there. We've all been there where you have communicated your interest in zero ways, but somehow 
They're he supposed knows. to know. He Somehow knows. he knows. You can see it. It's right. definitely. Right. It's, it's in my, so it's in my obvious. Eyes, which is why I yeah. can't look him straight in the face because then he'll read it in my eyes he'll and know. then he'll know. He'll know. <laughs> yeah. So we've all been there. Oh um, my goodness. But would you say that your um, developed understanding of, of humility and, and these instances is not having any reflection on your worth as a human being, mm-hmm. as you said, um, would you say that 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 this developing understanding of humility has um, affected your view of of dating and maybe your dating, I don't know, I, practices? I think that not to that, overuse that word. Yeah, no, I I think that one of the the things that I've learned and I'm still learning is um, the thing about humility. It's is trusting in God, right? Mm-hmm. And and not be not afraid like being not being afraid it's like mm-hmm. that's a command that our lord gave us be not afraid and okay let's do that um and so i think it it's impacted my dating in the sense of feeling much more free to just go for it you know like yeah. tell someone i like them kind of ask someone else out for a drink um and i say this and it's it doesn't it usually doesn't work. <laughs> um, it's usually not a thing that works, but it kind of... Um, when you say works, what do you mean? Like, it, it's not something, like, for example, like, that boy. Yeah. Like, had I just been like, oh, I like you, he would have probably just been like, cool, uh, not, uh, not sorry, you know, yeah. kind of that, uh, like, it wouldn't have been reciprocated. Right. But I wouldn't have thought about it and devoted so mm-hmm. much of my thinking in headspace to him, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I think the great thing about, you know, it's like, all right, I'm just going to ask someone mm-hmm. for to get a coffee. I'm going to ask someone to go on a date. Yeah. Um, well, not a date, probably. Just <laughs> drinks, you know, it's casual. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so kind of reminding myself to like, not be afraid of mm. telling someone that I, or expressing interest, I guess, um, yeah. which I think is a hard for a lot of people to do. Um, well, it's hard for me to do um, again because I I always think that of course they must they must know, mm-hmm. um, but usually people have just no clue whatsoever. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. So and that's that is the advice that I always give to everyone, which is. When they're coming to me on from the dating apps or whatever, I'm just like, just ask them for a drink. Yeah. You, if the worst thing that can happen is that you meet one, you can meet a nice person yeah. and have a good time. Maybe that will go somewhere or you'll have a really great story. Yeah. Um, and I've had a lot of really great stories, um, yeah. which is which is great. Um, kind of commiserate with people about that. But it yeah. is something that that is good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I love the question that, you know, the priest asked you and kind of helped you work through in a, a slightly more methodical way is what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Like what what do you think is going to happen in your specific instance? You know, what do you think is going to happen if you pray this prayer? Yeah. But, you know, in the context of dating, it's like, what do you think is going to happen if you like ask this person to a coffee and, yeah. and maybe they say no? Like what do you like what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> right, right. Well, and the other thing is, you know, Standing there on the side of the road again with the, with the, with Easter, the, lily. With the Easter lily, yeah, was not a horrible moment. I right. mean, it felt really terrible, but 
if really the worst moment in my life is standing on the side of the road holding standing on the side of a, the road holding an Easter lily, like that's a pretty good life. And right. so, um, kind of, yeah, preventing myself from catastrophizing everything is is a good. And just remembering this is just a normal thing. You're asking a boy that you like out for a drink um, or a coffee or a tea or for a walk, you know, um, and yeah. you could be friends or it could be something else. Well, yeah. And I think, too, uh, part of that is being afraid of the pain or not wanting to yes. experience mm-hmm. the pain or the possible pain and and. Therefore, not wanting to take the risk because the risk for the pain is mm-hmm. seems too great, or at least for me, that's kind of how it goes in my head. Um, but that, like, I don't know that it's it's okay to to feel bad or to feel sad. Yeah. Like we have a full range of emotions right. and that we feel and experience and they're not good they're not good they're not get bad they're just there they're they're messages they're mm-hmm. ways that, that you know our body and our mind are communicating with us um and that you know why am i so afraid of this feeling mm-hmm. of of pain or, or not even pain like discomfort vulnerability like, vulnerability think, yeah. right yeah. like that it is not the end of me if i experience this thing right. um because you know you can't shut yourself off to pain and also experience joy right it's just it's not in my experience how it works yeah no i agree um yeah and the sheer sense of relief that i felt when like i was leaving the confessional was mm-hmm. like Amazing. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I just have to trust in God. Yeah. That's what I have to do. Yeah. And that's, all right. Give me some humility, God, because I trust you. Bring it on. I trust you. Um, But yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of beauty in that. Definitely. Yeah. Would you say this is something that's ongoing for you or um, was it like, I mean, is this, call to courage something that you kind of have to keep returning to absolutely yeah 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 Yeah, it's something that that sometimes I you know I'm tired and I don't want to read the whole litany of humility or pray it and so I'm just like all right whatever give me humility and then I come back and I'm like you reflect on the words and you really I really um yeah remember what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and why I believe what I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And, but it's always a continual process of, mm. of, you know, all right, Jesus, I trust you. And now I trust you again. And yeah. I trust you and I still trust you. Um, and just kind of reminding myself and reminding God too. It's like, oh, I still, I still do trust you and trust that this is what you want for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we're, me personally, I'm so quick to forget, <laughs> like forget mm-hmm. that, you know, all of the times that God has been faithful, oh, yes. <laughs> all of the times that like I have been humbled in one way or another and still like been okay, Yeah, you know, because I'm like the type of person, if I say something embarrassing or something embarrassing happens, I will like lie awake at night so uncomfortable, like I why oh, like, yeah. why did i say those words yeah. and like half the time nobody remembers right like what i said or did um but 
at the same time, like, I don't know, like maybe I said something embarrassing or dumb, or maybe I did something embarrassing or dumb or whatever, but you know, that's not like being able to come back to that, remembering that that's not who I am. Right. That's like something that happened or that's something that I did. Right. Um, but that ultimately like who I am is rooted in, in something much more stable than my like derpy yeah. ability to never embarrass myself. Exactly. And I think it's good in cultivating a sense of gratitude too. Yeah. In the sense of remembering the good and the bad ways that God has answered prayers and mm-hmm. has, well, seemingly bad ways. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just seeing him at work in the world and in in my life has been, and just recognizing when he's there uh, a lot more often than I used to, I guess. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a really lovely conversation. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. To wrap up, I would love for you to tell me one thing that's hard right now and one thing that's great. Um, I think cultivating a sense of gratitude is um, has been difficult, um, kind of remembering all of the good things that I have in my life. And then one of the things that's great is just kind of realizing all of the ways that the people around me are wonderful, which is... Mm. Um, yeah, and and being reminded continually of other people's goodness, um, which is which is great. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sheila, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Huge thanks to Sheila for her time, honesty, and insight. Check back next week for a new episode. Thoughts, comments, questions? Feel free to follow me on Instagram at maryb.saferit or head over to my website, marybsaferit.com, and drop me a line. Theme music is by Chad Rollinson and sound editing by Andrew Kim. Unsuitable with Mary B. Saferit is copyright 2019. Mary B. Saferit LLC. All rights reserved.